0: Hello, and welcome to the Equaline Podcast. This is Dr. Wendy Corin,
1: And this is Dr. Dave Lundquist.
0: And today we want to discuss where wisdom comes from. And by that I mean, are you open enough to listen to ideas, whether they come from today, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, or any age human that is presenting the information. We've been finding lately that people will often filter what they allow in as a good idea based upon their belief about who's saying it, that they must be a certain age, a certain gender, and have certain uh, standards, as opposed to be open at listening to wherever wisdom comes from, and then determining whether or not it's right for them, it meets their current understanding of the world. And today's podcast is about listening. Yeah,
1: because they create limited beliefs, and those limited beliefs block information. You block information, you block opportunity, you block options, you block the ability to tap into different parts of your brain that could lead you to answers that you're looking for. So paying attention and listening to all different age groups.
0: It's quite fascinating. I mean, back when kids say the darndest things, right, letter, notice that often we'll hear something and then be inspired by it if we're able to let go of expectations And the idea that we can only accept data if it's presented in a pretty little box and tied with a pretty little ribbon of the uh, type that we are already programmed to think is valuable information. And a lot of this inspiration came from a, a book I was reading, written in 1928. And as I was reading it, I went, hmm this has been presented to me as new recently. And here it was said in a better way for my personal listening skills. And I went, okay, now that validates things I've heard recently and makes it easier for me to adapt into my lifestyle.
1: Yeah, the book was great because... Even though it was written in 1928 and there's a lot, you think, oh, that information's old and, and we're so much more advanced now. It's interesting to find out where all those advanced ideas really came from. Those advanced ideas, and like they say, nothing's really new. <laughs> and if you read this book from 1928, you realize, wow, they had the whole idea of the forward seat. They had the whole, you know, there are so many concepts in there about really just being a horse person. It was fantastic.
0: Oh, it's, I I like one of the pieces of advice was when you're buying a horse, look at its knees. If both front knees are scraped, it's likely to fall again. I thought, well, <laughs> wow, wow. Might have been useful for me to know that once upon a time. And we, if you're familiar with Napoleon Hill, he wrote the book, The Laws of Success, back in the early 50s. Every self-help book Tate podcast I've heard since then their ideas were already presented and I have been faced recently with people who go well you know well that's why would I read that you know I'm no one can educate me like someone on my my peers or slightly older and I think they're was I, I I sound old now, uh, I think there was a time where respect for people who had experience was at a greater uh, premium than what I am noticing now, and I think that has a lot to do with where people get their information. if you only google things, perhaps you're missing out on the wisdom of texts and humans that have experienced that if you sit down and listen to them, if you sit at the horse show and talk to the people who have been riding for 50 years, sometimes there are pearls and pearls that will inform you and literally Change your style to one that's more effective. And this is obviously not only true for people in the equine um, industry, but as my dog was um, recreating Rin Tin Tin episodes out in the Adirondacks and standing on hills, realize that building trust in your canine companion to create the best performance has been a skill people have had for centuries.
1: Yeah. And and sometimes just... There's a human element that you miss when you Google stuff too. Because Google stuff... Googling something gives you information, but it doesn't give you... <laughs> it doesn't give you the experience that you can step into when you talk to people. And they go... they can They can build an experience around you that adds more information than just words. You know, there's... There's so much more to it, so you, it becomes more palpable. It becomes more part of you, because there's a whole story that goes with it, and you don't get a story with Google. You get information,
0: and it's often filtered and edited, yes. and YouTube, you know, uh, rated. And are you doing it for the reaction, or are you doing it? to transfer information. And what Dave said is so true. The passion that comes through when people are letting you know about experience and those wisdoms. And it's you can see the excitement in a child when they're going to tell you how they're experiencing the world. And without listening to make it about you, listen to app- Allow that experience, as Dave just said, to be part of you. And you can play with this by going into a restaurant and asking your server what's their favorite thing on the menu. Notice the difference when they explain different choices. And this will allow you to take in information, whether the person who is Giving it to you is child, teenager, <laughs> right? Young adult, middle aged, or like us, ancient. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we have some experience along the way, but also, you know, it reminds me of the story of that the truck that was stuck under the bridge and all these engineers came out and were trying to figure out how to get the truck out from underneath the bridge. And some little kid goes up and goes, well, why don't you just let the air out of the tires? And they let the air out of the tires and drove the truck right out from underneath the bridge. But, you know, sometimes you have to be able to let go of those limiting to beliefs. You've got to be able to listen to all possible options, and not just create a belief like, "Oh, you're too old to understand what that how to how to work a computer <laughs> or how to do this." Uh, you know, that's not necessarily true. Considering the older people can create created the computer. <laughs>
0: well, and and yeah. I just watched a TikTok made by a friend of mine's ninety eight year old mother as she was doing some rehab therapy and she's dancing through the kitchen with a stick to improve. And she made the TikTok at ninety eight and understood the concept. So prejudging limits you. It does not exactly. limit the one you're judged. It limits you. So perhaps opening up your mind to go, who can I learn something from today? Who can I bring into my world for a moment or forever? What, whatever works, and enjoy the process. Hell. And uh, if, if you want to have a better experience, of competition with your dog, with your horse, with your cat, if you're so inclined. I know people do show rabbits. So, I, you know, where all experiences that you are, are moving towards, there are ways out there to take in others' experiences and, as uh, Robert Heinlein said, grok them. Make them a part of yourself.
1: Because there, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of experience. And if you just hang out with your peers who don't, who have the same experience you'd have, guess what? You're going to have the same experiences and slowly grow together. Whereas if you hang out with people who have got that successful piece of whatever life of whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, guess what? It goes faster for you because. They can show you the steps to avoid.
0: Yeah. It is not necessary to experience everything. And that the words you don't know till you try it, my answer has always been: I am not going to stand in front of a moving train. I'm going to allow the wisdom of other people's experiences to then guide my choices. And in, in my personal experience, I've never wanted a guru in my life. I've wanted to have a smorgasbord of, here's an idea. And that idea came from random conversation, parent-child. And there's an idea. This one came from reading uh, the, the I Ching, because there's so many cool things. And they're all subject to your own interpretation. So what will be true when you experience something can be very different when someone else experiences the same thing. It's still going to go through your filters and you can make it your own if it, to use a more recent word, resonates with you.
1: Yeah, because if it doesn't, then you'll create limited beliefs around it. And then sometimes it doesn't work for you, even though it worked for a hundred other people.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, that's absolutely true. And it's the same thing in the relationship with with your dog as you're training it. You have to watch and listen and feel their response to you and alter your behavior to get the results you want. People will often come and follow Dave and I around and say, you know, can we, can we trail you today? Can we um, just notice how you do things? And what's the number one question? What do you call
1: that? <laughs> like, being able to name it makes it important or makes it successful. Being able to name it doesn't do anything. I mean, it could be Fred. Who cares? It is.
0: It is. It is Fred. Yeah, that's my name. But,
1: but it's, it's about the process. Okay? It's about the process, the intent behind the process. There's so much that goes into that, not, all. Oh, what's its name?
0: Well, and when you're stuck in a technique or a writing style or a training style, that stockness can, oh, it, it can encourage you to make things wrong. Well, this didn't work, therefore I'm wrong or the animal is wrong. And when you are able to take in data from many different sources, you go, wow, this approach didn't work with this animal in this time. I'm going into my toolbox and I'm going to select a different tool for this situation. So I, this came back in 2006, right? When we were writing or 2008, when we were writing the equine chiropractic book and was
1: 2006,
0: Dustin was editing and looking at it. And I used the words, well, I always start with the feet. And he said, except when you don't. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, Sometimes when we're working on an animal my attention goes someplace and therefore my hands follow my intention and I may not understand the reason for it until after the entire evaluation is done because I trust that there are things going on intuitively and underconsciously that have greater wisdom than my busy brain that is you know trying to explain it at the time. Well, there might be inflammation and there might be this and there might be that, when in fact, it was the ability to take in data in multiple ways from multiple sources and then filter it later on.
1: Yeah. And all that comes from experience. Experience, previous knowledge, having us follow around other people and watch what they did And grokked their information.
0: (laughs) Yes. To grok, to fully encompass the experience of another.
1: A full synesthesia.
0: A full synesthesia. All systems on. And so we invite you to allow others to experience your knowledge in an open and not dictatorial way in the sharing of if this serves you or may serve you in the future, here's what's worked for me, and to bring in data from everywhere and store it away for when it might be useful or learn that, you know, that's not for me. I I don't have to relearn this again. So on that note... Da, da, da. This is Dr. <laughs> Wendy Corin.
1: This is Dr. Dave Lundquist, and
0: it's been an Equiline podcast.